Second Peter chapter 1. Uh, when I was growing up, our, our pastor's son, uh, Timmy, heard that his parents had put manure on their garden. And he informed his mother that he would not be eating anything that came out of that garden. Uh, we do some things to get fruitfulness in our gardens, don't we? Uh, fruitfulness in the Christian life is so much more important even than fruitfulness in our gardens. And, and I believe each Christian needs to have that spiritual fruit uh, in our lives. Bring glory to God, honor to Him who saved us, uh, as well as to walk in the abundant life. Because part of that fruit is God's joy in our lives. And Second um, Peter, he is writing uh, to the church to tell them some keys to fruitfulness in the Christian life. And so, uh, if you'll look with me at verse 1, the title of my message is The Keys to Fruitfulness. Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained faith of equal privilege with ours to the righteousness of God and our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. By these he has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ." The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Therefore, brothers, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly supplied to you. Keys to fruitfulness. I was thinking as we look at, at this new year, what are some keys to help us live a godly, fruitful life in 2015. Um, and I think we find those here. How do we live a fruitful life? Well, first of all, we need to apply His power. Apply His power. Verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. Everything required for life and godliness. His power. We've got to apply that power. Uh, it, it's a potential power. It's kind of like if you have a heater uh, and you don't plug it in. You're not taking advantage of the power that you have to be warm. Uh, the same thing is true of the Christian life. Uh, we must apply the power of God. When I was in the military, we used to have these, these stands that were driven by hydraulics and you, you could go 30 feet into the air on those stands, and, and sometimes we'd be working on those things, and, and we'd fully extend them and be up there, and just everything looks small. You know, you got the buildings and all the, everything looks small. But I couldn't get 30 feet in the air in my own strength. 
I had to apply the power of that stand to get up in the air. Same thing is true in the Christian life. We must apply the power. Now, if you are a child of God, you have the power of God within you. The Holy Spirit of God has come to dwell in you, and His power is available for living. So how do you apply God's power? Uh, well, first of all, you apply it through prayer, uh, but also through trust. Uh, the Scripture says that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. As we put our trust in God, we uh, apply His power in our life. Uh, a lot of times uh, when, when I'm struggling, I'll, I'll just say, well, Lord, I prayed, I trust you. And, and God will just supply that power that I need. Another way uh, of applying God's power is to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and to live through you. All of these things are ways that we apply God's power. But he's given us everything. That's so encouraging to me. Everything we need for life and godliness. Power for it all. There's nothing that you could ever face in your Christian life that God has not supplied the power for. Uh, to handle that, to walk through it in victory, uh, and to be fruitful in it. So, um, apply His power. He's to fruitfulness. How do we live a fruitful life? First of all, apply His power. Secondly, believe His promises. Believe His promises. He says, by these... He has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature. You'll be like Jesus, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desires. There's something about the power of God's promises, believing the promises of God that helps us to live a victorious, fruitful Christian life. Uh, I understand that uh, a few games ago, Josh Dobbs, said to one of the defensive players, uh, you take care of the defense, and I'll take care of the offense. I will do some production in the offense. And the defense was motivated through that promise that he gave to them. Hey, if you do your job, I'll do mine. And uh, they were motivated uh, to play better football. Uh, God has given us great and precious promises so that we'll be motivated to follow him. One of the ones I like is follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Jesus says, if you do your part, follow me. I'll do my, my part. I'll make you fishers of men. Uh, here's some other promises that I've just, I printed off, uh, wanted to share with you. This is from Psalm 50, verse 15. Uh, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and you shall glorify me. Here's from John 8, 36. If the Son, therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Here's another one from Romans 8, 1 and 2. There's therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Here's another one, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There's no temptation taking you, but it's common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above which you're able but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Here's another one. The angel of the Lord encamps round about those that fear him and delivers him them. Here's another one. Psalm 91, 14 and 15. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. 
He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Those are just some of the many promises of God. Believe those promises. Apply them in your life. And, and, and if you're struggling to believe the promises of God, pray that prayer that the man that uh, Jesus healed pray. Uh, Father, I believe. Lord, help my unbelief. Help me to believe your promises. You know, sometimes we don't feel like living the Christian life. Sometimes we don't feel like being victorious. We don't feel like going forward. But in faith, we hold on to the promise of God and we do what God has called us to do. So he says, believe the promise of God. If you want to be fruitful, one of the ways you're fruitful is you've got to believe the promise of God. Uh, When a farmer plants seed, he has faith that that seed will come to fruition, right? Otherwise, he wouldn't even plant the seed. The Christian life is a lot of times the same way. We plant the seed, and we wait, and we wait. We may not see anything happen for a while, but you hold on to the promise of God. He says, my word will not return void, but will accomplish the purpose for which I sent it. And so we believe the promise of God. That's why we witness. That's why we uh, talk about God's word and teach God's word. Because we have a, a faith in the promise of God that it will accomplish the purpose that God has for it. So uh, keys to fruitfulness. First of all, apply his power. Secondly, believe his promises. Thirdly, pursue his holiness. This is so important. This is something that is not emphasized as it should be. Uh, in our day and age. Holiness has become a bad word. Uh, we want to talk about the love of God. We want to talk about the things that God does for us. But, but holiness is, is something that has fallen. Watch TV. Watch TV preachers, and most of them will never mention the word holiness. But God has called us to holiness, and there will not be spiritual fruit without holiness. He says, pursue his holiness. Verse 5, he says, uh, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness. So each one of these character qualities, he's going to go through. Faith, that is trust in God, goodness, uh, and your goodness with knowledge. So we're we're to be in the word of God. Knowledge with self-control. Uh, self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, by the way, so learning to walk in the Spirit is part of this. Self-control with endurance, that's hanging in there when the going gets tough, and endurance with godliness. Godliness, just a general term uh, to describe living like Jesus, and then he's godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love, two different uh, tiers of love. Brotherly affection is a kind of a friendship type of love. Uh, and then the other love is agape. It's the Bible, uh, Holy Spirit love that God produces in us and lives through us uh, for others. So these are the, the qualities of holiness. Uh, some of you are great at sports, or maybe used to be great at sports. And you have put in a lot of practice. You spent a lot of time. Maybe you studied somebody's technique so that you could be good at sports. Others of you uh, have, have become great at the things that you did in your vocation. Maybe you read books and you talked to the right people and you applied yourself to learn how to do the things that you were doing in your job with great effectiveness and excellence. 
and because of that, you're good at what you, you do. Uh, others of you may have uh, applied yourself uh, to be good parents or good grandparents, and maybe you've read books about it, and you've studied it, and you've done all these things to try to, to learn to be a good parent or a good grandparent. Um, all of these things are good. Whenever you want to achieve something in life, you put forth effort, right? Same thing is true with holiness. You've got to pursue it. You've got to put effort into it. You've got to put sweat into it. Yes, God does it through you, but there are some things that you must do. Uh, One of the things that you need to do is to keep your sin confessed, but you need to spend time in the Word of God. Add, Add to your faith knowledge. Well, if you don't know what's in God's Word, what do you know what to believe? So, you've got to spend time in God's Word. You need to learn it. You need to be in it. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Uh, Spend that daily time, that daily investment in your walk with God. Why would we invest in everything else in life, trying to be excellent at it, and not invest in the thing that is the most important thing of all? Our walk with God. Invest that time. Come to church. I'm speaking to the Sunday night crowd. But that's important. Uh, Sunday school, that's an investment in your spiritual life. You're learning the things of God. Spend time in prayer, uh, in your personal life. Maybe even in in prayer time with another individual that you trust. And and join your heart together to pray to the Lord uh, as a pursuit of holiness. Pray for these character qualities in your life. Um, ask God to teach you to walk in the Spirit. Do a study. I'm, I'm just throwing some things out here to give you some ideas of how to apply this. But do a study about how to walk in the Spirit of God. Galatians 5, Romans 8, some of these scriptures are great places to start. Um, how do I let the Holy Spirit of God live through me to accomplish the godly life that God has called me to? Um, do uh, studies about temptation, right? If you're going to be a godly person, live a godly life, you need to understand how to have victory over temptation. Uh, learn what the Bible says about it. Uh, learn how to apply that in your life. Uh, so um, there are some things that you just have to take some sweat and some time. And uh, you, you may ask a, a Christian that you respect, Say, hey, can you point me in the right direction to learn about temptation? Give me some scriptures or share some experience with me of what you've gone through. Uh, But uh, help me to understand what it means to live in victory over temptation. But but you take these steps to learn these things. Um, God has given us... The resources of his word. What did he tell Timothy? He says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be, hear this, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The life of godliness. You find out how to live and apply God's Word through spending time in it. It takes some perspiration. It might even involve the M word. Memorize. Memorize. You know, the devil was ringing my bell. I was in high school, and uh, I just had these incredible feelings of guilt. 
And I know now what it was. I've learned as I've grown. There's the accusing voice of the enemy in my heart and mind. And, but it just had me. It, it threw me for a loop. And so I was, I was praying about this and, and, and struggling with it. And I came across some scriptures in Romans 5 that dealt with that very issue. And it just so blessed and encouraged me. I felt like God wanted me to memorize those verses. And when the devil would come around to accuse, I would start quoting. Therefore, uh, since we have been now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ and access into this grace into which we now stand. You see, I had to take some perspiration to get there. I was a struggle in my life. You may have a struggle in your life. It may be in a certain area of your life. Maybe it's with anxiety. Maybe it's with worry or, um, or, or depression. Or you might Take some verses that deal with those things and memorize those things so that when you come across those things in your life, you can meditate on that scripture and find victory in your life. Pursue godliness. It takes effort. Um, I had a, I had a uh, professor in college who told us, he said, this was in intermediate Greek, he said, listen, I know this class is hard, and most of you are going to be lost for the first half of the semester. And he said, many of you are going to be tempted to drop my class. He said, but if you will come and you will apply yourself, I will not give you lower than a C. How's that for a deal? Did you know there were some who didn't even fulfill that basic requirement of coming? And they got F's. You know, I mean, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, He was giving them a break, right? There's a whole lot of teachers... (laughs) I had one, one professor told me, he says, uh, he was a Romanian, he said, some of your papers will look like the Red Sea. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, some weren't so, quite so gracious. But I want you to know that anything you do in life will take some perspiration. Why would we apply ourselves to everything else but not apply ourselves to what's most important? Pursue His holiness. Keys to fruitfulness. How do you live a fruitful life? Apply His power. Believe his promises, pursue his holiness, and finally, expect his coming. Expect his coming. Look at verse 11. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly supplied to you. Does God reward our efforts? Absolutely. Jesus said, if you give a cup of water in my name, you won't lose your reward. He says, your coming will be richly supplied. Now, there's going to be a lot of rewards, I believe, for us in heaven. What a a joy that will be. But probably the greatest reward for me will be to be able to have the opportunity to take whatever crowns I may earn to throw at the feet of Jesus. I want something to be able to, to honor my Savior with. What about you? 
And as he talks about applying God's power and pursuing holiness and, and believing God's promises, all these things are just ways that we live out the Christian life so that when Jesus comes, we'll be ready. And then we can be expectant of his coming and excited about the fact that we're going to see Jesus. And we're going to be able to worship him. Let me ask you, are you expectant of God's coming? Are you ready for him to come? Were it tonight, would you be embarrassed or would you be excited? We need to be expectant of God's coming. To have an urgency about our lives to recognize that at any moment, Jesus could come. Having that expectancy will motivate us to live a fruitful life. Now, all of it comes down to God's power. Yes, there's perspiration, but ultimately it comes about as God's power is coming through us uh, to accomplish these things. But isn't it wonderful that God, even though we don't deserve, we don't even deserve to be saved, but God has provided a way through His Son, Jesus Christ. But even, even then, He gives us the power to live a godly life and rewards us for it all the same. Isn't God good? I tell you what. Uh, so one day, when Jesus comes back, we'll receive those rewards. Now, I don't know what all those rewards are going to involve. I know that there's going to be crowns. And I know that we're going to walk on streets of gold and see walls of jasper and gates of pearl. I know that we're going to get to uh, fellowship with loved ones who've gone before. Uh, We're going to get to see Jesus. We're going to get to worship him. Thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000 worshiping before his throne. What a wonderful thing that will be. But... I think one of the reasons heaven is described in general terms is because we really couldn't handle it. We couldn't wrap our minds around it if God told us what it was all really about. It's going to be so wonderful. I has not seen, nor has ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Um, Keys to living a fruitful life. You need to uh, apply God's power, believe his promise, Uh, Pursue his holiness and expect his coming. As you do this, God will cause you to be fruitful in this new year. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for showing us how to live a fruitful life uh, for you. And Father, I pray that you would help us to apply your power in our lives and to believe your promises, uh, to... um, Pursue holiness, God, with your strength. 